on the Wake Up Radio. I am your host, Joel Saji. Make me free. You know free, man. Make me free. Make me free. And welcome to On The Wake Up Radio. You're listening to Make Me Free. This is your host, Joel Saji. Shout out to our super producer, Sidney Ashby, back there in the background. Also, you can call in live yourself, the listener. At 844-818-4433 is $299 per minute. You must be 18 years or older to participate. And you as well, you can catch replays on our OTW2, Google and Apple products, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and as, as well, iHeartRadio. The new website is up, as just mentioned, OTW2.com, free speech friendly, no censorship whatsoever. You can sign up today. Also, please donate to $5 or any amount, which will go directly to the website and our airtime. It is a labor of love, but we still live in a costly world. Let's be straight up about it. And if you appreciate the free content, please help us keep the message uncensored and free. You can donate through PayPal at on the wake up radio at gmail.com. And again, I express on the wake up radio at gmail.com. We want to thank you all, the listeners, for tuning in tonight. All those faithfully that has been down from day one. Uh, tonight's show, within the segment, uh, the title of the show is going to be called Good Morning or Good Morning. And you can kind of like take that as is because when you think about it, that word has two different meanings and two different spellings, but depending on the circumstances and how you're presenting it, you know, that's when it's taken for face value. Uh, just to give a little brush up on that, you know, for some that are kind of like maybe not uh, as good and as well versed in definitions as they used to be, you know, you know, time well goes on, you know, the left side of the brain ain't working as good as the right side, but still in all, I'm here for you. Uh, just to reach on that morning in the sense of rising, uh, expressing good wishes or meeting or parting during the morning, uh, specifically for those who are aware, um, that's from sunrise to noon, or in some cases, uh, if you look at it a different way, uh, midnight to noon. You know, sometimes the glass is half empty and half full, just depending on how you're looking at it. I think that's where that term comes in right now. Now, we're going into mourning uh, in the sense where the expression of deep sorrow uh, for someone who has actually died, um, normally uh, similar to wearing black dress uh, in this case, um, and so on and so forth. But I think uh, in this case, I'm going to touch on some, uh, you know, this news that we always seem to be kind of like waking up repetitively uh, to. Um, you know, it, it's almost at a point where it's daily, maybe not, you know, maybe not, documented as it should be but I'm sure there's more than enough killings of sad persons going on throughout this country and you can look up those statistics on, on whatever uh, entity or person you uh, racial ethnic background you would like to rather 
it really doesn't matter uh spanish uh black white statistics you know if someone's being killed every day we know this already but i think where i'm going with this is the uh the news from which we are hearing these killings now is getting at a lesser and questionable age for um kids to be actually killed in certain instances when uh presented with not really a confrontation but just in the presence of a person in uniform being um in this case more or less the police officers in the said city uh town that they may live in and in just recently now with a military officer uh in a residential area uh just to touch on some of the names that i'm kind of like uh, reflecting upon in some of these cases, uh, we're probably looking at uh, last, you know, one of those highlighted back in maybe a couple years ago, 2014, if you can remember that name, uh, Laquan McDonald. Um, that was the 17-year-old, I believe, at the time uh, that was shot by Officer Jason Van Dyke. Uh, he was actually convicted of second-degree murder uh, during that time uh, when court litigation is kind of like uh, when the dust clear, basically. Uh, another interesting, uh, well-known and rested name and rest in the uh, piece as well, uh, Trayvon Martin. Uh, at the time of his killing, and, I, and just to go back on Laquan, I think uh, when Jason Van Dyke actually got out the car, um, he immediately went to draw his weapon uh, maybe pronounce a couple of words and then immediately start immediately start shooting um, with no um, uh, what is that word they normally use uh, uh, they didn't uh, diffuse that's what I'm really trying to say diffuse the situation as they mostly you know they should or in some cases could have to prevent some of these uh, tragic incidents um, going back into Trayvon Martin we had uh, uh, Mr. Zimmerman, as we already know from a set, uh, from a call that was made at 7:11 p.m. Uh, within the time frame of the shots being fired at 7:17, that was just six minutes within contact of said person. Uh, at uh, going back into uh, maybe a few more people, uh, just as is recent, basically um, one uh, would be Dante Wright that was just recently shot and killed based on a mistake or within just uh, moments of, again, in the presence of a person in uniform. Um, now in the latest uh, news that we have uh, that's spreading across uh, social media platforms is the uh, killing now of Adam Toledo, a 14-year-old, maybe 13-year-old. Um, he was killed within seconds of his, again, foot, maybe, I don't even know how far away they were from first exchanging uh, sight within each other, but still within a few distances and, and from his first indication of stop, stop, turn around, uh, trying to obey an order, he was shot. Um, and he's in this guy uh, that shot him. In contrast, uh, his name is Eric Stillman. I believe you can look that up on any social platform. Uh, he's an involved police officer that uh, committed the fatal shot. Um, within this 
uh, he was called from the uh, said shootings in the area given by a Roman Roman. Uh, you can look this up as well on any social media platform, some of this news is which, which I'm gathering. But still, no, he was a 21-year-old in this incident as well who was apprehended um, and charged with, you know, so many lesser accounts. But still, no, they're trying to stick him with felony charges some way or another in, in spite of this, but overlooking the fact of this decorated and uh, highly skilled and thought of and well um perceived person uh, uh and, and I, in contrast of that as well i have a clip uh that i actually want you to listen to of this eric steelman um if you can't uh, listen closely to some of this information we're learning more about the decorated police officer who fired the fatal shot wgn's megan dwyer is here now with the very latest megan yeah ben and lourdes Eric Stillman's colleagues say he is just devastated about what happened and how it happened. And he joined the police department to help people after serving his country. Where are you shot? In the body camera video, you can see and hear Officer Eric Stillman clearly. The ambulance got a gunshot victim. Shots fired by the police. In the moments between, he seems to realize there would be a distinct before and after. Where are you shot, man? Where are you shot? Stay with me, stay with me. The difference between life and death. Somebody bring the medical kit now. All right, I need a medical kit. Uh, sucking chest wound to the upper chest. Got a sucking chest wound. Stillman's assigned to the Ogden District, which includes Little Village, where the shooting happened. The 34-year-old served his country in the Marines in Afghanistan before joining the Chicago Police Department in 2015. In his six years on the force, three complaints have been filed against him. None were sustained, and he had never shot anyone before on duty. Chicago police say he instead had been honored 48 times, a military service award, 39 honorable mentions, and a Crime Reduction and Commendation Award. In 2017, he received the prestigious Superintendent's Award of Tactical Excellence for his quick thinking during a DUI stop that almost turned deadly. Hey, come on. Come on, big guy. In the moments after he shot and killed 13-year-old Adam Toledo, you can see him react nearly instantly, eventually walking to a nearby fence and then collapsing into sobs. We reached out to Stillman, his family, and his attorney today. We did not hear back. Lourdes, Ben. Thank you, Megan. If you were actually closely listening to that information that was brought to us by WGN News, um, do just a search on the social media platforms anywhere. But again, if you're looking up what an award to be presented for this highly decorative person, I think they said he was, uh, what they called it, the 2017 Prestigious Superintendent Award of Tactical Excellence. Actually, again, for his quick thinking, they noted, on a, do, on a DUI stop that could have almost turned deadly. Now, if you want to do some, like, basic research on what this actual award is, which I kind of, like, did myself just to give myself a clear understanding of what this award is awarded to and how he can get it. It's an award presented by sworn department members who utilize, again, listen to this, utilized exceptional technical skills or verbal 
approaches and techniques to mitigate any deadly force situation resulting in the saving or sustaining of human life. This is the award they presented to, again, Eric Stillman back in 2017 for his quick thinking method in the incident that happened in 2017. Hmm. Makes you wonder why none of that actual thinking and quick surveillance of what he was decorated for didn't really apply at the time of actually seeing a young figure, maybe less than five feet in stature, less than a hundred pounds in weight, frail, and he couldn't determine just from the fact of him being in the area for which you heard Ogden Little Village. If you're familiar, which I'm pretty sure most of you are not, but if for those Chicagoland area listeners, you are very well familiar. That is the Humble Park area where the Latin Kings pretty much reside, if you are familiar with that area. So there are a lot of shootings that go on in that area alone. Uh, from this, the young Ruben was actually participating in probably, again, gang activity, and he had this little young guy with him on the side. It's a common practice out there. Trust me. But again, you're in the Latin King area of Humble Park, Ogden area. Little Village is what they call it. Again, shootings go on there every day. How they responded to this was through a, uh, I believe they were using a gun locator detection system, which conveys the location of gunfire and other weapons fire using autistic vibrations, optical or uh, potential types of sensors to detect events or changes in its environment, which sends the information to other electronics. And this is how they got said location of him kind of like within a short amount of time from these sensors that they're using, which is a military, uh, which is also now used from the government allowing uh, police, uh, military style weaponized, um, you know, protection, I guess, weaponized weapons to for their safety out in the field against common folks like you and me who only have the right to bear arms, uh, under you know, under the stipulations of America's Second Amendment right. But they have militaryized weapons now to detect these certain instances. Uh, but I'm not sure what year these actually went up, but they are around. I'm pretty sure they're, I'm not sure if they're in New York, but I know for sure in Chicago they have had these for a minute. And this is why they arrived on the scene within, uh, I'm not even sure how long before the detection device actually located them to pinpoint their location to where uh, Eric Stillman and other said officers actually uh, gave chase to a Ruben Roman. And again, he's only 21. And uh, they're actually saying that, you know, and you kind of like put a spin on it too. Um, you know, had he not did all the shooting, had he maybe not brought the little kid with him, maybe had he not, you know, 
had certain situations going on, you know, this probably would have been prevented, you know, under, you know, somebody's view. But if, and I'm pretty sure anyone over the age of maybe 35, maybe 37 can contest that I'm pretty sure you have been out, out late after maybe 12 or said curfew. Everyone is aware of the curfew hour set in said city, If you're, especially if you're young. You know that you have to be in said location, maybe in front of the house, so many feet away from the door or, or, or what have you, uh, for, you know, curfew violation not to be uh, given. But in this case, we're young, we're daring, and we always, you know, Growing up, you break curfew. That's one of the things to do to kind of like uh, solidify that you, you know, growing up in stature and age, you know, as a teenager, you know, you come with you. That's going to come that heightened fulfillment of, you know, staying out at the curfew. Now, who you uh, with at the curfew, again, it's going to take a toll. Uh, I remember plenty nights of me being out with said cousins. Um, you know, doing stuff I know I probably didn't have no business being around, but yet and still, I'm with them. I really can't walk to the house by myself per se, being the fact of how the distance that we are from home and the fact that it's dark as heck outside. And, you know, with certain aspects of some, you know, certain goons or goonies or strange people outside, it's best for me to probably stay where I'm at with the people I'm with as opposed to walking by myself and probably getting kidnapped or some other mess like that. So I can only relate to myself in this instance when I know I was in a situation where I was with said company and they were doing things that probably did I really didn't need to be a part of, but still no, I'm there with them trying to, you know, maybe fulfill some part of my youth life, you know, a hurdle I crossed to say, yeah, I did that, done that, you know, in turn. But now, you know, and, and, you know, when kids did get caught for curfew, and at best, this is kind of basically a curfew case, uh, at best, especially being highly decorated to utilize certain skills, you know, what was they saying again, this definition? Uh to utilize exceptional tactical skills with verbal approaches. This only verbal approach towards the young man was uh, turn around and pretty much two commands, stop and turn around, for which he gladly obliged. I'm pretty sure being in that age, he hadn't, he couldn't do nothing else but oblige to that. To that. Um, the question comes in now, and I think, uh, where everybody's going is with this is did he or did he not have said gun in his hit in his hand once uh, the officer drew out his gun and threw the light on and probably got the one second view that he did because he only got a one second view to see said image he didn't even get a chance to see his face before he actually focused on his face right actually before he shot so you know for 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 an award of this nature to be extended out. And if you think about it, uh, this award is presented as a ribbon bar, uh, a medallion, and a certificate. Now, if you want to do some research on this, I would I would gladly ask you to research the Chicago Cop Shop. There you will read the definition of what this award description is, as well 
as the uh, the ribbon bar itself and how it looks as far as the medallion and the certificate itself in its writing. All of this for a mere $6.95, which can be ordered online for these exceptional skills. So with these exceptional skills, we have to realize that we are living in a world uh, and I'm bringing this up now because this only kind of like hits home to information that we've probably been reading forever and ever and ever. And I'm talking about uh, as soon as it comes in, but I would believe chapter 15 uh, in this presence. Let me see if I can get it back up. But chapter 15 of the ISIS papers uh, speaks of justified homicide in the case of where again in this area where you made and you got to think like I said they're shooting all the time over there so any patrol officer in that unit is got to be in fear of his said life day night day in just merely on the fact of that area um, we already know uh Chicago is known as Chirac. Um, there's a movie of it. Uh, you know, it's it's all kind of things that can be, you know, weigh in on this. But we know for a fact that the police officer was scared. It, it, there's no question about if he was or if he wasn't. We know for a fact that that guy was scared beyond his belief in that area where all that shooting was taking place. And he had only two seconds to observe said figure before shooting a fatal shot into him. Um, it's a scary situation out here for anybody, any kid, anyone with said child trying to raise them now in a land where the police officers are more scared of the situation at hand uh, than they are of anything else. Um, I think they were calling that the black annihilation. Uh, uh, the ISIS papers talks on this, uh, 15th chapter, uh, just by chance of what I can remember because it seems I have lost it, but still, it talks of the good, uh, the hunting aspect is when, as, as opposed to when you go hunting, the things that are hunted are basically in brown or black fur, which symbolizes basically maybe you in this case. Uh, the thrill of the hunt comes from said race as that as, as that of a thrill, whereas opposed to someone of uh, understanding knows that we only kill him maybe for the purpose of uh, warming ourselves with the fur. Uh, maybe uh, digest uh, cooking uh, said animal for food for nourishment for for the time of duration, um, but we're just not. They were not just like killing for sport. Um, if you if you know anything about the Indians hunting, they only uh, hunted so many buffaloes in for the year, and they would leave them alone for basically the rest of the year unless you know tragic situations came about. But still, in all, they wouldn't just mercilessly 
kill the animals. They knew that the animals had their purpose. Now, with this hunting annihilation, uh, in this book, she relates to it being a sport of such. And in this sport, uh, you always, uh, in the beginning of the sport, you always would uh, say this term of good morning. It kind of like dates back to, uh, I think when they said foxes uh, in New England, when they did the fox hunting with the with the horns and whatnot, you know, that kind of like carried over into tradition in America where they were just hunting black slaves for sport. Uh, just sport, basically. Nothing else was, you know, came out of this, but just the mere fact that you could hunt someone down and track him down and kill him right there. Uh, they used the dog sometimes, sometimes they didn't. Um, they would give him a nice head start uh, sometimes a day, sometimes maybe six hours, but it was it was never uh, a good morning for the slave in that situation, even though good morning was always said upon the next white person to the next white person to the next white person. And then that was only in the retrospect of them having a good morning or a good catch uh, this morning. So I kind of like wanted to relate some of that into our segment tonight. Uh, I definitely want to send uh, condolences out to all of those that we just named uh, Adam Toledo, uh, Trayvon Martin, Dante Wright, um, basically just killed for a uh, air freshener in his, in his, on his um, rearview mirror. Uh, how many times have we been pulled over for that? Uh, and now uh, he shot based upon the fact they couldn't wrestle the young guy down. I thought they had him in handcuffs, but I thought they had him in handcuffs. Like, how, how did we go to shooting a guy in handcuffs or at least trying to – uh, detain him further with a uh, stun gun if he's already handcuffed. Isn't that where they kind of like normally grab you because you're already off balance and kind of like trip you to the ground? I think that that's one of those failed tactics that uh, are, it's not being used anymore. Basically, the fear of life and pulling out a gun is the first measure of any police officer based upon the fact that they want to get home. And I think we kind of like know that from the movie of American Skin. Um, that was kind of like dialogue as the movie progressed. Uh, the man said he was in fear of his life. He wanted to get home. That is like one of the protocols in the academy to pull the trigger so you definitely get home so you can live another day and see your family. And this is basically what this is. Even with his decorative Awards in 2017, all even with his 48 times of being mentioned, uh, honored his 39 honorable mentions, his military service awards, and crime reduction, uh, and then to top it off with his 2000 prestigious superintendent award. All of that is trash right now. All of that is trash. I think the only thing the guy has standing in his back is that he served in the military, and that's kind of questionable now from the fact of the military guy in South Carolina going out of his way to put someone out of, of a, a neighborhood that he's been living in for years well before he got there. So, you know, like, you know, where are we at with this? We, we're not really understanding that we are at war. You know, I think that's where she was talking about that too as far as the – the right brain 
in the left brain. The right brain is only giving you a sense of what you see, but you're not really calculating it on the left side to determine if this is a good fit for you. We've got to revisit that Dice's papers. You know, if we can, I'm going to try to pull that book up, try to find it, kind of read a, a couple of pages on what I'm talking about just to give you a better, clear understanding. But, you know, all of this ties in uh, to, you know, all of our shows that we have here on OTW um, as well. And, and I just, my little input today that I had to throw in there, my little mix, my little spin on it, because um, I know what it is. And, you know, sometimes it just takes a different voice to give you a better reflection on what you're hearing. And hopefully this segment of the show has definitely given you that, at least you a chance to think about our future endeavors, to be honest with you, and how we should be approaching things now. Um, marches, um, TV interviews, you know, how, where is that getting us? How far is that? Where is that going? Like, you know, that that can only do so much. That's just like a pebble. We we need some real, we need something to drop out the sky and, and cause some, some major damage. So with that being said, I just want to thank you all for tuning in tonight. It's been more than an honor speaking to you as always. Again, you're listening to Make Me Free. Shout out to our super, super producer, Sydney Ashby. You can tune in next week. Again, Sunday, 10 p.m. to 10.30 Eastern Standard Time. You're listening to On The Wake Up Radio. This is Joel Saji. And don't forget to check us out on otw2.com. Sign up today. We want to thank you, the listener, for always showing support for listening to us. Until next week, peace. No faking and no flaws. The people have the power. The power to create happiness. Let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us all unite. OTWTube.com, uncensored free speech platform. Lord individual. Cindy Ashby Production. On the wake up.